0: Good morning, good morning, how you doing? It's been a great morning with our other services, God's been doing great things, we're in our Come Holy Spirit series, and if you turn with me to First Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, and in my studies this week I came upon this, uh, this great, funny story. It says this during the french revolution there were three christians who were sentenced to die by the guillotine you know what the guillotine is that that metal uh, blade that would fall and behead people it's awful welcome to church Uh, One Christian had the gift of faith, the other the gift of prophecy, the third had the gift of helps. The Christian with the gift of faith was to be executed first. He was asked if he wanted to wear a hood over his head. He declined and said he was not afraid to die. I have faith that God will deliver me, he shouted bravely. His head was positioned under the guillotine, his neck on the chopping block. He looked up at the sharp blade, said a short prayer of faith, and waited confidently. The rope was pulled, but nothing happened. His executioners were amazed, and believing that God must have done this incredible act, they freed the man, and he ran off, jumping, skipping, and praising God. Next was the man with the gift of prophecy. His head was positioned under the guillotine blade, and he too was asked if he wanted the hood. No, he said. I am not afraid to die. However, I prophesy that God will deliver me from the guillotine. At that, the rope was pulled again, and nothing happened. Once again, the puzzled executioners assumed this must be a miracle from God, and they freed the man. He ran off jumping, skipping, and praising God. The third was the man with the, gifts of help, the gift of helps. He was brought to the guillotine and likewise asked if he wanted to wear the hood. No, he said, I'm just as brave as the other two guys. The executioners then positioned him face up under the guillotine and were about to pull the rope when the man stopped them and said, hey, wait a minute. I think I just found the problem with your guillotine. I can help you with that. If your neighbor didn't get that, please help them. I thought that was so funny. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that you are pagans. Somehow, you know that when you were pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that the one who is speaking by the Spirit of God, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working but in all of them and in every one it is the same god at work. I want to dive into these 1 Corinthians 12 gifts of the spirit for a few moments this morning. Let me let me tell you about my experience. Uh, coming back on a plane on uh, Friday afternoon, um, I, I've shared before with you uh, that one of my uh, challenges in life is a phobia, and it's claustrophobia. And when I start experiencing claustrophobia, I can start dealing with anxiety, like physical anxiety. I don't want it. I pray against it, but it's a real challenge in my life. Anyone ever deal with anxiety and kind of like anxiety? Yeah, there's a lot of us. Um, so I'm, 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 uh, I'm walking onto a plane, and I feel like everything's just getting smaller in planes these days. And so I get on, and the seats are going to be small, and I start going like, oh, no, I, I, I can't do this. I can't fly on this plane. And, and I'm realizing I just want to turn around and walk off, and then I'm thinking I can't, I can't not go back to California, like and leave my kids orphans and like just live here forever in Dallas, Texas, and uh, so anyway, I'm like I've got to make it, so I go in and sit down, and it's one of those times where I, you know, I, I want to just. I, I need to work on my sermon. I want to just pray, but I, I know if I'm just focused in like this that I'm just going to be thinking about my breathing. And, oh, okay, just breathe. And then you're like, oh, I don't know how my breathing's. is. Oh, wait, am I, am I breathing okay? Oh, you know, and you just, get, you just get more and more nervous. And so I'm like, I, I've just got to keep my mind distracted. So I'm going to talk. I am just going to talk to the person next to me forever. And so I start talking to this guy, and unfortunately he wasn't that chatty. And so, you know, I'm, I'm asking him questions, he'll give me a thing. He won't ask me a question back. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, I've just got to talk to this guy. And so I, I, I ask him, you know, he's a college student. He, I find out he's a frater, in, a, in a fraternity. I'm like, no way, I'm in a fraternity. And I just start talking about fraternities. Like, so what's your fraternity known for? And he's like, yo, I guess we're kind of like the biggest party fraternity. On campus, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's probably not what I was going for, but, um, but I, I, so I just, you know, I start talking about when I was in a fraternity, and then I'm like, you know, I, I'm struggling. I'm just going to talk about Jesus. So I'm like, you know, and then while I was in college, I met Jesus, and, and 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 really started getting to know him, and then then I went on this trip to Mexico, and and I start talking to him about what I shared with you guys last week, uh, how we prayed for someone and they their body. Touched And they radically got healed. And his eyes start getting big looking at me. And he's like, really? And I'm like, there, there's a question. I'm going to keep going. Uh, so I've got him interacting with me. So I, I, keep, I keep talking. Uh, I've said, yeah. And then I went on another mission trip to, to Nepal. And, and, and my leaders told me that we we're going to wait on God for him to show us what he's going to do. And I'm saying, what? We're going to wait on God. And, and while we're sitting there, I see an image of a flute everything's black, I see an image of a flute come right in front of me, and I'm thinking, a flute? That is so weird. And I said, I walked out on the streets. We're in Pokhara, Nepal. We're walking down the street, and all of a sudden, I come to a guy, and he's selling one thing, only one thing. Guess what it was? And he's like, flutes? I go, that's it! He was selling flutes. And I start sharing with him. The guy gives his life to Jesus. I give him his first Bible, and I said, but that wasn't it the next day. They said, we're going to wait on God. And I'm like, I, I, I said, I'm getting this. And so I, I wait on God, and I, I see a man's face. Like, I see the, the wrinkles on his face. I see the image of his face. And I walk out, and I'm looking for this guy. And for a couple hours, we walk around Pocahontas Nepal, and don't see anything. And I'm walking back into my hotel. And all of a sudden, right in front of me, guess what? It's the man. And this guy's like, Wow. I said, I go up to him and start talking to him about Jesus. And he goes, I'm the leader of the Communist Party in this city. And I'm thinking, wow, that's, that's kind of hard. And I said, but God is highlighting you to me. And I share the gospel with him. And the guy gives his life to Jesus. And the guy's looking at me. You know, my seatmate is looking at me like, like this. And I said, let me show you how I shared the gospel with him. So I pull up on my iPad. I... Uh, I, I, I um, I know that was sneaky, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I pull open my iPad, and I start drawing a little diagram, and I draw, I I use Doodle Buddy, and I draw a little stick figure, and I say, this is like this guy, or me, or you, and then this is God over here, and then we're separated because of our sin, and I'm I'm drawing, you know, like a a big chasm between God on this side and man on this side, and I I talk about sin, and then all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God, and that we deserve to die and go to hell, and, and that that we can't get ourselves to God. I'm drawing this diagram, and I said, but Jesus made a way. He's the bridge, and I draw a cross. And, and I said, so this guy realized that he needed Jesus. And, I, and and he looks at me and goes, man, I've never had it explained to me that simple before. And I said, oh, that's interesting. So where are you on this thing? Like, <laughs> where, where would you be? And he's like, I guess I'm right here. And I said, is there any, you know, is there any reason you wouldn't want to to meet Jesus? He goes, I can't think of a reason I wouldn't. (laughs) And I said, "Well, well, then give me the privilege of introducing you to my friend, Jesus, right now. So let's just bow our heads and pray right now. He's like, okay. Right there, sitting in the plane, he's bowing his head, he gives his life to Jesus, I pray for him, he looks up, I go, how do you feel? I'm so relaxed. I so said, that's Jesus. I, I, I show him my phone, I, and I show him my boys, and I said, you know, I, I love my boys so much. I, I, but more than I love my boys, the Father is calling you his son now, and he loves you. And he goes, I don't think I missed my flight on purpose today, and I'm sitting here on accident. I said, exactly You know, Paul's talking about when you were pagans. It says, when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols. Pagans is just another word for unbelievers. And he goes, about the gifts of the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. Why? Because the gifts of the Spirit lead us away from being worshipers of mute idols and into an understanding of the reality of a supernatural God. I was expecting an Amen. After that, after the, the 9 and the 10, I got like a big amen after that. Okay, I'll just tell you, when I say, say amen, you say... <laughs> uh, did you understand what I'm saying? Um, in other countries, I, I I spend a lot of time in other countries, it's, it's really uh, clear to see people bowing down and worshiping Buddha, to see them going into temples and worshiping other uh, idols. In, in our nation, it's a, a, a little more... Um, tricky. Uh, people worship money. People worship uh, houses and cars. They worship a lifestyle. Uh, they worship comfort. Uh, they worship body image, or they worship sex or sexuality. Uh, why? Because when we're unbelievers or pagans, we're led astray by mute idols. And Paul is saying, we need the gifts of the Spirit to awaken people to the reality that God is near and He's powerful. So people don't just think, well, there's religion, which is boring, and there is the world, which is exciting. And so I think I'm going to dive into the world. The the world needs to see a real supernatural God. Uh, That's one of the reasons why some of the best-selling movies are always about supernatural things. Kids run around so enamored with the force. Uh, can I just tell you uh, that, that, that Lucas stole that idea of supernatural power that uh, he didn't think of that? Right? I uh, guess you thought of that. God thought of that. Um, there's something better than being a Jedi, and it's being a spirit-filled believer. Because it's real; it's 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 not fake. Um, let's get into this. Uh, 1 Corinthians twelve one. Therefore, I want you to. Uh, therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Um, Growing up, I was I was taught uh, to be very leery of the gifts of the Spirit and and to not to not believe those things because I was told, well, Satan can fabricate miracles, and so my understanding growing up was anything supernatural came from the enemy. Let me let me be very clear, uh, Satan can fabricate miracles. There is demonic power. And so Paul is giving us an understanding, though, because he is saying just because that's the case doesn't mean that we shouldn't pursue these things. He says, actually, in 1 Corinthians 14, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. So we want to be a church that's biblical, and the Bible says eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. How do we know if someone is influenced by the enemy? Well, if they're cursing Jesus... If they're dishonoring God, then that power is not from heaven. Uh, furthermore, if they can't say Jesus is Lord, if they're saying, you know, they're just, they're just talking about the spirits, or that, that could be a legitimate power, but people that proclaim Jesus is Lord and can say Jesus is Lord, that is heavenly power. So he's giving us this litmus test. And just let me tell you, that's why I encourage you, as the people of God, don't dabble in these other powers. Because when you do, you're opening up the door of your life to demonic influences coming into your life. Don't watch shows. Don't read books about powers that are dark, that are from witchcraft. Don't read these things. Why? Because they open you up to the demonic coming in and attacking you. It's very important. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, in every one, it's the same God at work. The gifts are from the Holy Spirit. That's why we don't pray to Mary. That's why we don't pray to saints. That's why we don't pray to our ancestors, because the gifts are from the Holy Spirit. That is the source. The source is the Holy Spirit. So we worship God. And, and, and furthermore, look at this. Now to each one, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. Why do we get the gifts of the spirit? It's for the good of people. It's not so that I can, can well let me, let me just explain it this way. Let me give you some wrong reasons for pursuing the spirit, or for pursuing the gifts of the spirit. This is not what we want to be about. Number one is so that I can be spiritually elite. You know, so I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm bad to the bone, Christian, you know. You're just kind of a little baby Ewok Christian. I'm Jedi. But people do that. People do that. Uh, Jesus, what it says about him in Philippians 2 is that he emptied himself and became nothing, became a servant. Philippians 2 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. We move in the gifts of the Spirit, but we want to have the attitude of Christ, of humility, of servant-heartedness. It's not so I can be like, oh, right, with the gifts of the Spirit. It's also not to become prominent in the body of Christ. The, the reason we want to move in the, in the gifts of the Spirit is not so I can be a famous Christian someday. Uh, we, as, we as humans, we always exalt people to a, to a place of worship, don't we? I mean, we just do that. You you see the concerts where people are just screaming out, you know. Like when I was a kid, it was Michael Jackson. Now it's Justin Bieber. It's whoever that people are just worshiping. You walk through a, 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 a grocery store, and you see these tabloids where they're just exalting people. And that is not healthy for people. So we do not want to worship someone who starts moving in the power of the Spirit. That's usually a setup for them to be destroyed, It's why people get to these places where they're idolized and then they have a fall. We're we're not supposed to idolize people. We're supposed to worship Jesus. Uh, Thirdly, we don't do it for monetary gain, right? Uh, Acts chapter 8, Peter and John, they're laying hands on people. The power of God is coming. Simon the sorcerer sees that. He goes, I want that power. I want supernatural power to flow through me. So he offers to buy it, and Peter gives him this general rebuke. He says, "Um, may your money perish with you, (laughs) Wow, um, he was serious. It's not about money. So you will see. You'll be flipping the channels and see, like, get your healing. Send your love donation of thirty nine ninety five, and we'll send you an anointed handkerchief and some oil from Jerusalem. That is not what God is all about. That is not the the purpose. Is for the common good of people. The gifts are to serve people and draw them into a love relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus getting glory. It's about Jesus getting honor. So don't get your eyes focused on the gifts. Get your eyes focused on the giver of the gifts. We focus on him, and then he can distribute his gifts to humble people who want to help others. First Corinthians 14, 26. What shall we say then, brothers? When you come together, each has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Everything must be done for the strengthening of the church so it might be built up. We move in the gifts of the Spirit because we want to build up the church and we want to reach unbelievers. A couple of verses earlier in verse 22 and verse 23 of 1 Corinthians 14, it says that tongues are a sign for unbelievers. And it also talks about when everyone's prophesying, an unbeliever comes in and goes, God is in your midst. What we want is a move of the Spirit so when people come in, they go, God is here. Now listen, God is all around. He's omnipresent. But there are times when people are opening themselves up and saying, Lord, flow through me, where God can manifest himself and the supernatural is taking place. So people say, only God can do that. Right, And that's the kind of life groups we want, that's the kind of services we want, where the Spirit of God is moving. Because I want to say, there's many church meetings where if the Holy Spirit didn't show up, no one would notice. Because it's just same old, same old, every week. John chapter 3 says that the Holy Spirit is like the wind, and that people that are filled with him move like the wind. That's what we want to be about, for the good of people. To one there is given through this. So let's, let's dive into these, 1 Corinthians 12. Where there's also uh, gifts in Romans 12. Those are motivational gifts is what many people call them. And then it talks about different offices and di- uh, a distribution of gifts in Ephesians four. Today we're going to focus on First Corinthians twelve. I only got through about three or four in the last services, so I think this is going to be at least a couple of weeks talking about the gifts of the Spirit. But it's just it's so wonderful, and it leads to people being encouraged, touched, and changed. First Corinthians twelve. Continuing on, it says to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Here's the story uh, from the Bible that will illustrate this. Two women have have babies. Uh, It's a really sad story. One of the woman's baby dies in the middle of the night. And so the woman whose baby died takes the woman whose baby's still alive, takes it and puts it next to her, puts the dead baby next to them. The woman that uh, wakes up, the other woman wakes up, sees that her baby's dead, but then looks at it and goes, this isn't my child. You have my child. And they get in a, a heated debate, of course. They're brought to King Solomon in the Old Testament. And Solomon is asked, what should we do? And he says the the strangest, craziest thing. He says, take a sword, split the living baby in half, and give half to one mom and half to another. It's just gruesome. And immediately one of the mothers says, no, you take the baby. I, I, I don't want the baby to die. You just take it. And he goes, she has compassion. He goes, boom, that's the mom. She has compassion. Give the baby to her. He has this crazy wisdom for an impossible situation. Same happens to Jesus in the, in the New Testament. Uh, the Pharisees come, they're trying to trap him. They're trying to lay a trap for him. And they say, uh, Jesus, should we pay taxes uh, to, to Caesar? And if he says yes, then he's affirming that, the, that Rome is the authority and he's denying the authority of his people and their, their religious system. If he says no, then he'll, he'll be arrested and put in prison for not honoring them. There was no-win situation for Jesus. And Jesus says, hmm, would you hand me a coin? And they hand him a coin. He goes, whose inscription is this? He asks them a question. They go, Caesar's. He goes, well, then give to Caesar what's Caesar's. Give to the Lord what's the Lord's. And I just imagine all the Pharisees going, duh, you got us, Jesus. <laughs> He has a message of wisdom that totally confounds them. I I love the story. Jonathan was leading worship this morning. One of our friends, uh, their home was broken into, and uh, everything electrical uh, wasn't working, and, and they worked for hours, and they couldn't get it to work, and they were totally frustrated. Jonathan goes home that night and has a dream. In a dream, the Lord gives him wisdom of, of two wires that needed to be crossed and plugged a different way. He goes back. They had spent hours one day. He goes back, and within a minute, it's working. That's a, a, a specific wisdom for a situation that seems impossible. Uh, I remember when we were meeting at uh, my house next to San Diego State Campus, we outgrew uh, the house and and... You know, didn't know where to go next. I meet with this, this pastor who just said, hey, I'd like to meet with you just to hang out. And we're talking, and he says, tell me what's going on. I said, well, we just outgrew our house. I have no idea where to go, what to do. And he goes, Horseman Middle School is perfect for what you're doing. I, I had said we want to reach families. We also want to reach students. We want to be a multi-ethnic church. He goes, Horseman Middle School is the perfect place for you to start meeting as a church. I said, anywhere else? Nope, Horseman is the place for your church to meet. I'm like, wow. I went the next week to the principal. She said, yeah, this is perfect. We'd love to have you. And it opened up for us. Uh, ask God for words of wisdom in impossible situations. And when someone comes seeking wisdom, don't just blab your lips. Ask God for a word of wisdom for them. God will often let people get in impossible situations because he wants to give a supernatural solution that brings him the glory. Did you hear that? Because I probably can't say it again. Uh Secondly, to another message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. John chapter 4 is the the case study of this with Jesus. Jesus meets the woman at the well. He's talking to her. He says, now go and call your husband. The woman says, "Uh, I have no husband. He goes, you're right when you say you have no husband. The man you're living with is not your husband. In fact, you've had five different husbands. And she goes, "Uh, sir, I can see you're a prophet. He had a word of knowledge for her. a word of knowledge is a specific insight about someone that you couldn 't know if it wasn 't divinely revealed to you uh, well, often you 've probably been with us before where we 've given words of knowledge out about different people that God is wanting to do something in their life. I remember one really peculiar one. I was sitting in a service and and god I, I was just talking. And God spoke to me about the person in the third seat. I looked down at the guy, and the Spirit of God speaks to me. This young man has a baseball card collection that's very expensive, and he's, I've told him to relinquish it and give it away so he can be free from idolatry, and he doesn't want to give it away, but he's struggling with that. That's very specific. So I looked at him, no, I'm just kidding, uh... I said to the, I just said, hey, um, at the end of the service, I said, "Um, I just want to submit this word to the congregation. There's someone in here that has a baseball card collection that's been very valuable to you. God's asking you to give it up so you can be free and fully, fully walk with him into all he has. Uh, Afterwards, this young man walks up to me and goes, I'm the one with the baseball card collection, and I need to give it away. And I said, I know. Um, And God's going to do something great in your life. Uh, it was so powerful. He needed to see how real God was. Now, please don't come to church expecting me to do that with every single person. Um, that, it's a very specific situation, but uh, let me just give you another one just just, just for you to understand. Um, uh, we have a thing called Night Strike Evangelism. This is what I love uh, about going into Mexico, is we ask God for specific words of knowledge for people, one of our girls waits on a word of knowledge, and in in her mind's eye, she sees a young man standing next to a trash can. She walks out of a store, and there is a young man just leaning against the trash can. So she knows that's who I need to go share with. She goes and shares with them, and he immediately gives his life to Jesus. God wants to reveal specific things about people or specific things he's gonna do so that we know how to follow him into situations and that people understand that God is speaking. That's a word of knowledge. It says this, to another faith by the same spirit. To another faith by the same By the same Spirit. Now, when you gave your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit came in you and he gives you faith. But there's a gift of faith that's released at different times for God to do extraordinary acts. Um, I was sitting in my office and a a young woman comes in and she starts talking to me about just how challenging her her life is. And she starts talking to me about uh, a cancer that she's struggling with. Immediately, I just felt this gift of faith come on me. God wanted to heal her. Now, we always pray whenever someone comes into a service, they have cancer, they have any ailment, we want to pray for them. But at that moment, I just had to stop her and say, I want to pray for you right now. We want to pray right now for God to heal you. We pray for her, and I see her that in, in just a few days, she comes back and says, I went to the doctor, I have a clean bill of health. It's a, a gift of faith being given. Now I'm not what I'm not saying is just name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, whatever you want. Oh God, I want a million dollars. I've got a million dollars. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm not saying, you know, that you're you're sick and you're coughing and that you just need to speak out. I'm well and you're I'm well. Now, if that's your deal, that's that's fine. If that's how God's leading you, but that's not what that's not how I understand it, that's not how I'm preaching it. I'm sp- talking about a specific unction when you know that God comes on you and there's a gift of faith to believe for something extraordinary. I've seen it numerous times happen, and we want to believe for that more and more. If you've heard Jim Yo's story about seeing a uh, being in the in the in the tribe Uh, in Papua for years, no one coming to the Lord, a kid drowning, and the whole community mourning, and he said, a gift of faith just came over him, of I've got to pray for this child to be raised up, and all of a sudden, the child's raised from the dead, and almost the whole tribe comes to the Lord. Uh, That is a gift of faith being released. I remember we were uh, trying to buy this house uh, that we own now, and it seemed absolutely impossible, and we've been chasing it, through the court system, and I remember a girl coming to me and going, I have faith that you will get that house. You will get that house. Let me pray for you. She had a gift of faith right there. It infused me with faith, and after 18 months, boom, we get the house supernaturally. It was crazy. God wants to give and release the gift of faith for the extraordinary. Here's the next one. To another, gifts of healing by the same spirit. I I don't think I need to point to all the different healings that Jesus uh, ministered to people in, but but do you know that two-thirds of the gospel accounts are supernatural occurrences? Two-thirds of the gospel accounts are supernatural occurrences that happen. We need the, the supernatural to be restored to the church in our day and time, to be like Jesus. We say, I want to be like Jesus. Then we'll be ministering and moving in the supernatural power of God. Uh, gifts of, of healing. Uh, we see this happen numerous times through scripture. John uh, was in the nine o'clock service. Uh, one morning he, he wakes up and he, he's, he uh, has a friend that's sick and he's like, I have to go and pray for this friend. So he changes plans, drives to his friend's house. This friend is a medical doctor. This medical doctor had a very severe disease and it actually uh, caused him uh, so much pain that he wasn't able to practice medicine. So let me just read to you this, this man's email back to John uh, after John went and prayed for him. It says this, John, thank you so much for coming by. As soon as you started praying for me, I got so lightheaded that I almost passed out. That's why I fell back into the couch. I felt like I could hardly move. After you left, I fell into a deep trance-like sleep. And when I woke up, I felt so rested. For the first time in literally weeks, my headache had disappeared. Thank you for that gift. And that doctor's been able to return fully to his medical practice. Isn't that amazing? Uh, one, of, one of my uh, loves of taking people on mission trips, one of the reasons we love taking, t- taking so many people down to Mexico is so many people see their first release of the gift of healing. That's, that's where I experienced it first. I remember uh, on that first trip to Mexico, towards the end of the trip, we, we went into a church and they brought to us a girl that had never spoken in her life. And that's, that's a big thing to believe for. Probably an eight, nine-year-old girl, never spoken in her life. And we start praying for the power of God comes on her, and her first words are Jesus. It was amazing. I mean, talk about your eyes just being uh, opened up. I I remember... you know, I, I love believing for this stuff, not just for me and my friends, but for our kids in that generation. And so I think you guys know we, we, take our, we take children on our mission trips with us. So we, we were down in, in Arequipa, Peru, and we we're down on the streets, and, and, and our kids did this little puppet show. It was so cute. Uh, we're just in a marketplace, and people start walking up. And sometimes a gift of healing is released, where the majority of people you pray for start getting healed. And, and that was one of the cases, and we're having the children lay hands on people and pray for them and ask for healing. And um, we were seeing some different healings, and a woman comes up, and, and she has a, a massive tumor uh, in her body. And they, they, they pray for healing for her, and she, really, she was really experiencing the power of God. You could see it physically. But, you know, how do you know if that tumor has gone? We gave her a little flyer. And we're on one side, and the church that we were going to be having meetings on was on the complete other side of town. That night, that woman shows up, which was astounding to, to us that on one side of town we're doing this in the marketplace. She shows up in this church, and, and she's bringing someone, and she comes up and explains. She goes, uh, when I went home, the, the tumor passed out of me. And, you know, we could have said, well, I have a hard time believing that, except that she had brought her brother, who was very sickly. He was in in, uh, casts that she was asking us to pray for him. He looked like death warmed over. He looked awful. Uh, But she had experienced such a dramatic healing that she brought her brother to be prayed for that night because of the the incredible healing she had, and this woman is just alive. Uh, I love the gift of healing. And, and we want to pray more and more and press in and believe. I, I dream of the day. Let me just say this, church. I dream of the day when people with, with all kinds of illnesses that the doctors have said they have no hope are coming to church because they're so believing for it. My life was changed when I was healed of a, a, of a heart condition that the doctors said would never get better. And so I, I long for that. In our church, I long for that in San Diego when people are just flying into San Diego because the power of God is coming and people are being healed. Uh, so consistently, so let 's believe for that it says to another <clears throat> miraculous powers scripture says elijah was a man just like us he prayed that it would not rain, and God shut the heavens james five seventeen You know he, he believed we, we we read these we read these stories and just think, well, that's the Bible, and now it's me. Uh, I believe God is looking for people who will step out in that in the gift of faith my My friend John Lowe, I was just talking to him last night, and they were uh in a village in malawi, and they went to the chief and they said, "What can we pray for you for in your village?" and he said, "Well." Um, we're in a drought. He said six weeks ago, it, it rained once. We planted our seed, and and, and now we're not going to have food to feed our village. Do we have that picture of the the crops? Do we have that? Um, That's me. Um, do we have it? If we don't have it, just tell me, and I'll. There we go. So they said that the, the crops are dying. They pray for rain. Uh, they go up. He said they, they prayed and fasted for rain. Uh, they haven't had rain in six weeks. Their crops are dying. And the next day, you can show the next pictures, uh, rain starts coming. So he shows this girl. The whole village went crazy uh, when it starts raining. They were so excited. Um, and he said they got five inches in an hour and a half. Isn't that awesome? You see the rain coming, um, and uh, the, that village was awakened to the reality of Jesus, and um, there's just incredible work of the Spirit going on in that village now after that took place. Um, the, so, the work of God, the work of the gifts of the Spirit, bring people to glorifying God, They help people. They minister to people's needs. And they let people know that Jesus is real. And that's what we want operating in our life groups, in our churches, in your jobs, in the marketplace, in your schools. We love seeing God move. So let's just finish with this. Would you just go ahead and stand up for me?